It's the Steelers versus the Browns. A scary good Halloween matchup, but my, how things have changed. Welcome to the Steelers update from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers, so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. Trick or treat, it's your Pittsburgh Steelers visiting your Cleveland Browns on All Hallows' Eve. But I'll tell you, this is unlike any other Steelers-Browns contest in 20 years. Motivation? You want motivation? The Steelers can take their pick when it comes to the Browns. How about that humbling playoff loss at home last season? The black and gold looked doomed from the first play. You remember, former center Marquise Pouncey's snap sailed over Big Ben's head. Things set headed south from there, and it ended in a 48-37 Steelers exit from the 2020 postseason, and it wasn't even that close. Now the Steelers come in looking up at their AFC North rivals. The division has been turned on its head, a complete reversal in fact. The once bottom-dwelling Bengals, who beat the Steelers at home earlier this season, are on top. The always tough Ravens are right there in the mix. Then comes consensus playoff contenders, your Cleveland Browns. Finally, your favorite football team, the Steelers, are looking up from the division's cellar. It's the Steelers who need a reversal of fortune, and it must begin with beating the Browns on Halloween. Clearly, the message isn't lost on players. Quote, they whooped our butt at home and sent us home. If y'all can't get motivated for that, you probably shouldn't be playing football, unquote. That's tight end Eric Ebron on the matchup. Hey, and he could start by catching the football this time around to help his Steelers. But I digress. It's not really revenge that is in the air this Halloween. It's a battle for the NFL and AFC North relevance for the Steelers. You can't take these 2021 Steelers seriously if they do not beat Cleveland on Sunday. This is not lost on the man who matters most, Coach Mike Tomlin. This is how he laid out the stakes for this Cleveland Browns matchup like no other. Quote, I'm sure it comes up in some form or fashion, but not as a rallying cry or not as a focus of a meeting. That's Tomlin speaking of last season's playoff pounding by the dog pound team. He goes on to say, quote, There are a lot of variables that are exclusive to 2021 that should have our attention. We have a lot riding on this game, playing a really good team in their venue, unquote. Hey, and Tomlin wasn't done. He added this about the Browns game. It is less about motivation and much more about preparation. Tomlin said, quote, forget about being fired up. We have to be duly prepared. We're preparing with an edge and understanding of the significance of this game. Isn't that what we signed up for? Significant games, big time competition, divisional play. It's a great way to come off 
a bye week, unquote. Hey, and Tomlin does know a thing or two about coming off bye weeks, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But really, the stakes of this game, you could say the Steelers' season as a relevant team is riding on it. It's that big. Let's hope the visiting Pittsburgh team has more tricks than treats for the hometown Browns on this All Hallows' Eve affair. And if there are boos in the air, hopefully it will be the dog pound booing its own. The Steelers need to regain their scariness in Cleveland. So the big question remains, will your Steelers be dressed in a winner's costume or will they be unmasked as losers by those pumpkin orange browns? We size up your Steelers coming off the bye, and we kick the tires on a somewhat deflated Browns team who could be without QB Baker Mayfield. It's all right here in your Steelers-Browns edition of the Steelers Update Podcast. Hey, and be sure to check out my full print column, First Thing Thursday on Penn Live. It will be packed with plenty of memes bringing this Halloween treat of a game to life. But right now... Let's get right to it. First up, we have Jerry Dulac writing for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette in an effort to get the Steelers' heads straight heading into Cleveland. His message, this game has nothing to do with last season and that brown eye of a playoff pounding. He writes this, quote, There is nothing the Steelers can do on Sunday to atone for what happened the last time they faced the Cleveland Browns. Even if they beat the Browns and pass them in the AFC North standings, it won't take away the sting of the embarrassing defeat in last season's wildcard game. The Steelers might be able to find some measure of motivation for their game in Cleveland, but it should have nothing to do with revenge or payback. It will have more to do with where they stand in the division and their ability to continue their modest win streak after the bye. Steelers have a chance to win their third in a row and move to four and three in a division where all four teams are 500 or better. They also have a chance to swap places with the Browns, who are four and three, and move out of the basement of the AFC North. Unquote. Those are all great points by Jerry Dulac. And you can bet that's what the Browns are thinking about, namely burying the Steelers in the division and fittingly doing so on Halloween, no less. As Dulac points out, the Browns are getting a bit healthier just in time to scare those visiting Steelers. He writes this by way of update on the Cleveland team. Quote, Quarterback Baker Mayfield has a torum labrium and a small fracture in the humerus bone of his non-throwing shoulder. Mayfield did not play in the Browns' 17-14 victory against Denver and was replaced by veteran quarterback Case Keenum. Mayfield's status for Sunday's game has not been determined. The Browns are expecting to have running back Nick Chubb out with a calf and right tackle Jay Conklin a knee, back after each missed the past two games. And wide receiver Jarvis Landry, who aggravated the same knee against Denver that caused him to miss the previous four games, should play too. Oh, also, receiver Odell Beckham Jr., who is coming off ACL surgery, has been playing with a variety of injuries that have affected his performance even when he is in the games. So there's something to watch there, too. 
unquote. And that's all from Jerry Dulac assessing the relative health of these Browns on Halloween. Now, you know anyone who can go will go when it comes to hosting the Steelers Sunday. We shall see on Mayfield. At last report, Baker was expected to practice for the Browns on Wednesday. You know he doesn't want to be left out with all those pumpkin-clad Browns fans coming for trick-or-treat at his house, the Cleveland Stadium, as we know from all those commercials. Mayfield will suit up if there's even a skeleton of a chance he can do so. And of course, none of this is the scariest prospect that the Steelers face as they head to Ohio. That is one Miles Garrett. The Post-Gazette calls him a one-man wrecking crew. Hey, just ask Mason Rudolph, right? Well, here is Adam Bittner writing in the PG and sizing up the one Brown who was sure to give Pittsburgh fans a serious fright. Quote, his nine and a half sacks through seven games put him two ahead of Tennessee's Harold Landry III and two and a half ahead of the Steelers' T.J. Watt for the league lead. And his nine tackles for loss put him in a tie for first with Carolina's Hanson Reddick and Kansas City's Nick Bolton. And that's before he's gotten a crack at his inexperienced Steelers offensive line. He'll easily be the biggest obstacle in front of Ben Roethlisberger and company this week, unquote, from the Post-Gazette. Hey, and should Miles Garrett do his best Jason imitation on the Steelers? Hey, we all better watch out. So that's the state of affairs in Cleveland, Ohio. But what about those rested and regrouped Pittsburgh Steelers? Where do they really stand after six games coming off the bye and heading to Cleveland to face those Browns? Well, here is Ed Bouchette, the dean of Steelers Scribes, actually minimizing the meaning of this upcoming contest. Here's his argument that he lays out writing for The Athletic. Quote, first, I disagree this is a must win. They have two winnable games at home after this one, and even with a loss in Cleveland, they could easily be five and four. Now, they do have a tough stretch after that, but you never know what could happen. Look at what's going on with the Kansas City Chiefs and how badly the Ravens lost to the Bengals at home on Sunday. The Steelers lost to three first-place teams, and the Bengals look a lot different today than when they visited Heinz Field. The Steelers are not a, quote, bad team, but their 3-3 three and three record certainly labels them as mediocre. Now, if they do win in Cleveland and beat the Lions and Bears at home, they'll be 6-3 and three and looked at very differently. The rivalry with the Browns has been practically extinct since the early 2000s. This because the Browns were pathetically bad. But it was revived in 2019 thanks to Miles Garrett and renewed last season because of that playoff game. Unquote. That is Ed Bouchette setting up the stage for this game. It's big in many respects, but he refuses to call it a must win. Now, fellow athletic scribe Mark Caboli takes a deep dive into the state of the Steelers as they prepare to say boo to those Browns on Halloween. He writes this, 
quote, the Steelers are just about a third of the way through the season. They've had three good games and three not-so-good games to arrive at that 3-3 three and three record at the bye. Considering where they were a couple of weeks ago, the Steelers have to be thrilled with where they are. They have spent a little more than a month trying to figure things out with their newly constructed offense and a defense that has been decimated by injuries. The offensive line is going to have to continue to gel, and rookie running back Najee Harris is going to have to get better every week. Everything else the Steelers should do has to come off of that. But what we saw over the first month was that the Steelers and new offensive coordinator Matt Canada were quick to get away from the run. Sure, some circumstances surrounded that, like being down in the second half against the Raiders and the Bengals, or having an offensive line that is still trying to figure things out. Against the Seahawks, the Steelers weren't ripping off runs that would indicate they should keep pounding at it. But they did. Was that the Steelers finally accepting who they are? Or is it because the Seahawks have the worst rushing defense in the league? It's probably a little of both. Harris rushed for 81 yards on 24 carries with his longest run going for 10 yards. He gained only 28 yards on 13 carries in the first half. The old Steelers would have tossed the game plan and went in a different direction, but they did not. 48 of Harris's yards were gained in the fourth quarter. Does that qualify for an identity? or at least following through on what the Steelers expect their identity to be? Unquote. And that's a great question from Mark Caboli about where this team stands. And no better authority on the Steelers' offense, that being Ben Roethlisberger, answered that question this way. Quote, I don't know. I don't know that we're there yet. I don't know how to answer that. Sorry. Unquote. Well, the answers, at least some of them, are in store this Sunday in Cleveland. And Coach Mike Tomlin asserts that the Steelers' story for this season is still being written. Only one divisional game has been played. The Browns will be the second, and it could set the tone. But it won't seal the Steelers' fate. At least Tomlin insists that it won't. He said this, quote, We still have five games left in our division. Everybody's got a lot of divisional play left. You can waste a lot of time looking at divisional standings on weeks like this one. That story will be written with the play over the upcoming months, and that's just the reality of it, unquote. Hey, yeah, the Steelers do have weeks and months to go, as Tomlin points out. But coming off of a bye and heading to Cleveland, this team will show what it's made of. Tomlin knows it. And he has showed it in past seasons. His teams are 10 and 4 coming off the bye. He knows this is an important point in every season. A tone setter, if you will, for the rest of the season. And don't let you anyone tell you any differently. Simply put, these post-bye Steelers versus the Cleveland Browns is the biggest game of the year thus far and by far. Hey, it should be a scary good contest out there in Pumpkin Orange, Cleveland. And I cannot wait, and I know you cannot wait. Let's see how it unfolds. But I have a feeling the Steelers have something special in store for this game on Halloween 
in Cleveland. It is going to be some great football. And, of course, we're going to analyze everything that happens and where this leads the Steelers going forward next week in the podcast. And the podcast is out every Wednesday fresh for you. So sign up wherever you download your favorite audio. And it'll come fresh to you every week, Wednesday afternoon. And, of course, log on to penalive.com for my Thursday morning column and for all your Steelers news.